Um, and then lastly, Graf dated New Zealand choreographer Corey Baker until 2020. Uh, just Aww, wanted to shout pandemic that out. breakup. Yeah, pandemic breakup. Maybe that's what did it in for him. But yeah. Okay, ooh, but ooh. also though, I don't know if Daniel Radcliffe is queer, but like that could be fun. Yeah. I'm here for I that. Maybe we need me. a revival of Equus with uh, Jonathan Graf and Daniel Radcliffe. I think yeah, we need something. We need. Yeah. Or take and me it, out. Maybe it's with... gonna be musical. Yeah. True. Hello and welcome to episode 82 of Theater Nerds. I'm your host, Rachel Jones. And I'm your other host, Taylor Reed. Theater Nerds is a podcast about our obsessions with theater, where we will explore all aspects of theater, musicals, and everything in between. This podcast is not set up to be a deep dive into technique or theater history, but we're hopeful that no matter if you're an enthusiast like us, or if you've only seen your homecoming committee's production of Hair Junior, you'll enjoy this podcast. So cue the orchestra and come nerd out with us. In case you guys didn't know, you can find us on all major podcast platforms. That's right. And you can help other theater nerds find our theater nerd podcast mm, by leaving right. us a star rating and review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. It helps with the algorithm. Mum, 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 mum. Yeah. Emoji Land That's featured right. on our next deep dive. <laughs> wow. Love that. Um, to find out more about the Theater Nerd Cult, check us out at theaternerdpod.com. Or you can also find us on Instagram and threads at Theater Nerd Pod. And on Facebook at Theater Nerd Podcast. In today's episode, we're discussing a deep dive on Jonathan Groff, aka Groff Sauce. Oh, Rachel, here we are. Taylor, hello. Back again. No Back technical again. difficulties as of yet. Fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah, fingers crossed. We're not that far in, but. <laughs> but who's to say? But there's cats galore always. But always. They actually are not currently bothering me, so. Yeah. They're Time getting into some shenanigans, is really what they're doing. Yeah. And, and, um,. You know, I'm feeling a lot better than the last episode. Although, you know, even editing the episode, I was like, you know, I don't sound that bad, but. <laughs> yeah, it was just because we, you muted eventually on your coughing. Yeah, yeah, my <laughs> coughing was bad. It was bad. Um, But here we are. We're going to do here a deep are. dive today. As yeah. of right now, Rachel does not know what we're talking about. No, um, and I always get so nervous. Yes, and she's she gets stage fright. I do. It's yeah. like all of a sudden I'm going to be put on the spot and I'm like, oh mm-hmm. no, I haven't rehearsed. Stage Fright would be a good name of a podcast, actually, now that I'm oh, thinking about well, it. Our spinoff series. <laughs> our spinoff. Or <laughs> <laughs> Rachel just is nervous the whole time. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. So good. I don't know. But before we get yeah. to that, as I like to say. Speaking of people who aren't nervous. Yeah, exactly. Well, our main course, as I like to say. Um, yeah, tell the tell the folks we're gonna do our wonderful. I I think it's wonderful. Maybe maybe I'm just tooting our own horn, wonderful. but our own horn section in the orchestra, in the pit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, 
This is our, of course, weekly mm, current Broadway news segment. What's the buzz? What's the buzz? Tell me what's happening. 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 What's the To be clear, though, there's no horns in this song. Yeah. No. It's more drums and like synth, like synth. Uh, I think yeah, I was gonna say yeah. a lot of synth. Uh-huh. Yeah, which is very ALW in the eighties. Oh, for sure. Mmm. Hint at what that show might be if you don't know. Um, Rachel, what do we have this week? What do we? Where okay. do we start off? I'm gonna start with two picture series that we got. Um, for oh, rehearsals for great two for a, shows. Great for a podcast. I know, a visual aid, <laughs> if you will. But this week we got a first look at um, A Wonderful World, which is coming to Broadway. Am I wrong? Mm, yeah. um, and with um, Vanessa Williams, which is amazing, and um, James Monroe Iglehart, which also yeah. incredible. And the cast got together for their first rehearsal and we got photos of that so soon hopefully we'll get a sneak peek of you know video or other things and we can link that mm. but the other oh the cat scared me the well this other... is just to oh, say this is yes. playing in broadway in chicago um yes, from october 12th to october 29th um yes it charts uh it's basically about louis Armstrong, which yeah, is exciting. exactly i think we've yeah. talked about it before Yes, and um, James Monroe, I go hard, is playing Louis Armstrong. So exciting. So it's going to be amazing. Not to mention, once again, the famous, the amazing Vanessa Williams. Yes. Speaking of famous and amazing people, uh, we also got some photos from the first look at Daniel Radcliffe, Jonathan Groff, and Lindsay Mendez in rehearsals for Merrily We Roll Along. In Kitty Rose Clark. There's one photo of Kitty Rose Clark, which I oh, love. Oh, yeah. There you yeah. go. Yeah, I do love um, her. I'm obsessed. Like yeah. I'm actually unwell about this. What is with what with Jonathan Groff's long hair? I don't you know. Don't like it just it? looks. No, no. I'm saying I love it. I'm sorry that that wasn't a good. <laughs> I should have. I like, what's with his with... hair? I know. I should. It, I'm. I'm acting like it's like Justin Timberlake's like frosted tips or something. Like I should have started with like. His hair. What's long. with his hair? It's so great. Like it really does look great. I like his long hair a lot. He definitely looks like he's matured um, Mm -hmm. a bit in this photo. It could be the angle, you know, we all don't have the best angles, but I'm so excited because um, as we know from their, their previous roles together in this same show um, before this run, they (laughs) just have such great chemistry and they love each other and all the interviews make me want to cry and hug them all. And I truly think that they're, just such genuine humans and that's what makes this i think that's what makes this show with them in it so incredible so i can't wait to see the show and did you see the video that Lindsay mendez posted of her and jonathan groff going to the theater and like seeing the the marquee for the first time time? and um at the hudson theater and uh yeah it's gonna be great rachel has tickets to the show So we will And we'll see if any of those three people are in it when I see it. True. And Katie Rose Clark. So Yes, that's true. Um yeah. 
I'm just a big fan of Katie Ray Clark, so oh, I just wanted fair. to shout I need her to add out. her. I need to add yeah. her into my vocabulary. It's exciting that she's transferring to Broadway as well. It's true. She, you know, they could have recasted her, but they didn't. Yeah. But they didn't. Yeah. Good for them. Also, did you catch the? Well, did you catch the um, Vogue photo shoot of the three of them in the? Yeah, of Merrily Roll. We'll link it in our show notes, and apparently I need to. Here, I'll send it to you on Instagram right right now. now. Yeah. Um, it's amazing, and it's just there's probably more. This is just on Instagram, so there's probably more photos on their actual like article. Um. But yeah, a very exciting. Um, oh my gosh, they look I so know. great! I know they no, do look great. They love each other. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm on well. It's so cute. All right. Speaking of casting, yes, this was huge. Like I cannot believe. I cannot. Yeah. yeah. I cannot. Yeah. So joining Skid Row after um, Jeremy Jordan leaves the show, which did you see that video of him, the sidebar of him like answering the questions from the plant or whatever? And he was like, <laughs> no, this is I, like. I, I saved it for later. I haven't seen okay. it yet. And he was like, this is the silliest thing I've done in a while. And I was like, debatable. <laughs> you, debatable. You forming a rock band is a little silly. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Someday we'll do a deep dive on Jeremy Jordan and it'll be interesting. His rock band specifically. Yeah, yeah exactly. But anyway, we got some news that um, Corbin Blue and Constance Wu, which is hilarious because those rhyme. Corbin Blue, Constance Wu. It's so good. Um, are going to be joining Little Shop of Horrors off Broadway, respectively, as uh, Seymour and um, why can't I remember? Audrey. Audrey, thank you. <laughs> My brain. It's crazy mm-hmm. this casting is crazy yeah like i yeah. saw a tiktok that was like one w- once again when we thought that the um little shop of horrors team couldn't top what they've already done and there they are topping it and i agree like i want to know what their meetings are like i want to know what kind of hat they're drawing from yeah. i want to know how many people they have in the queue like when we talk mm-hmm. about replacements and specifically celebrity replacements Four things, Little Shop of Horrors, which has been running off-Broadway in the same venue for this, like, the same show since 2019, right? Or 2018. Yeah. 2019. Yep. Um, it, like, it made it past the pandemic. It resurged after. Resurge yeah. was a bad word. It came back after. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it took over people's bodies. <laughs> um, and now needed, they just yeah. keep, they keep going. And it's incredible i have seen the show with the amazing person we just talked about recently jonathan groff and i have wanted to see the show with all the variations of people but i really want to see the show of corbin blue and constance Wu. i just can't get over the rhyme of it um did that on purpose i think they were like we should get corbin blue hmm who else should we oh oh constance Wu. obviously it's like dr seuss was in the meeting with them um, no, we don't know. Yeah. Um, Sue's Cool Revival with Corbin Blue and Constance. Stop. No. Yes. <laughs> Always. Um, the only thing is, oh, first of all, it's giving like um, Waitress when Waitress would like just recast with like yeah. every celebrity and also a little bit Chicago because Chicago has been on so long that like Obviously. any celebrity, celebrity cameo will be in it. 
Yeah. But I do find it interesting. I was listening to a podcast a while ago, and they were talking about Little Shop of Horrors, uh, the off-Broadway, and um, they were talking about how recently a lot of the cast has been, like, for Seymour have been, like, very hot men. (laughs) And Seymour is not supposed to be hot. He's a nerd. Because he's a nerd. So, like, the guy in the podcast was like, I mean, they're just, like, Jeremy Jordan and blah, blah, blah. And then I was like, wait, but Matt Doyle played, like, Matt Doyle's kind of nerdy. Matt Doyle's also hot. Yeah, he is. To be clear. And Jonathan Groff is off, like, both energies. Yes. Yes. He was the perfect amount of cute. I don't know. I don't know. I think Corbin can do it. You don't think Zeke, the little, I mean, Zeke, the the little, um... He was Pat, I know, sorry. Yeah. I know, I said Zeke. We just you did know, a high school musical. I know, I know. I corrected myself. <laughs> I know that he wasn't Zeke, okay? Uh, um, But, I mean, I feel like Chad was very nerd-esque, like, awkward-esque. I think Corbin can do it. Yeah, I think Taylor kind of brought that out in him. The character of Taylor is what I mean. Yeah. But I mean, I, I definitely think that In Chad, I guess not in Corbin. <laughs> Yeah, but I always think of Corbin, like, he played, I guess Usnavi's kind of nerdy, and then he played, but then he plays, like, you know, in, like, um, and Kiss Me Kate, he plays in in Catch Me If You Can, like, that's, like, a slick role, I don't know, I just find it interesting casting, it's very interesting. I also think he's gonna be incredible. Oh, yeah, he's gonna be great, and Constance Wu, I've never heard her sing, but... It's gonna Didn't be... she sing in what in that in in that movie, um, Crazy Hustle? Rich Asians? Oh, I don't know. Did she sing? I don't remember her singing. I don't remember. But it was John and. Anyway, she this is so exciting. Musicals now, so um, very exciting. I guess we can talk about it for the entire episode because we we've spent too long on this. But next, um, more pictures. Um, a first look at the public theaters, The Tempest. Um, which are very steampunky. <laughs> I know. I immediately thought. I actually, though, at first glance, in this first um, photo, like I was like, yeah, "Yeah, that's exactly what I was gonna say." I'm well, like, Hercules, Hercules or or um, Peter and the Starcatcher is. Yeah, what the it looks second like. photo is Peter yeah. and the Starcatcher for yeah. sure. Yeah. Well, and the and the one of them all on like the steam the boat or whatever. Yeah. 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 And then also, some of the costumes look like Joseph. Like, there's a lot going on. We'll link to the show notes because yeah. you can't see what we're talking about. But anyway, that's exciting. But Renee Elise Goldsberry, very exciting. Do you think this will go to Broadway? Like a musical no. version of The Tempest? No, it's just like a fun... Yeah, this is just public town. works. I think it's just... Yeah. That's that's all I think is going to happen. We'll see. <laughs> but you know what I do think is going to go to Broadway after this announcement this week? Whoa, this is... Wow, this is manifest. Can I segue? Oh yeah, of course, love this This week, Neil Patrick Harris Is going oh, to direct favorite people. Was going to direct Tick Tick Boom at the Kennedy Center Yeah That's wild, number one mm-hmm. Number two, we know how the Kennedy Center Currently has its It going on from its tra- You know, well we'll see Because, you know, it hasn't officially transferred <laughs> To Broadway, but recently It's had some good movement from the kennedy center to broadway so i think that's going for it and then also i think that this is a show we've wanted to happen since the movie Mm -hmm. came out if not before then if you are you know love john uh jonathan larson so 
Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really interested. I'm very interested in Neil Patrick Harris specifically directing this show. What does that mean? Are there going to be a little bit more queer moments? Is there going to be a interesting a few extra jokes that are more 2023? I don't know. Um, but I, I can you, see. Do you think it'll just be the three? Because normally when it's staged, it's just three actors. So you think it'll just be three? I think it might be more than that. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, it's all Neil's vision as the director, yeah. which is an also... interesting take. I once again want want to sorry, and then I'll let you speak. This no, you... is, in my opinion, the the reason this is happening is because of the strike. Like I think that all oh, of these yeah. people mm-hmm. keep coming, Constance Wu being one of them, yep. and Corbin Blue, one. and you know, I think these people are coming. He, to theater yeah but so is neil patrick harris but i'm just like i'm just saying i think people are coming back to theater because their other avenues are not open Mm -hmm. um i do agree and and people are speculating also that the strike may last until the end of the year which we have been saying um but i've heard that the studios and the writer and the writers guild and the actors guild have been going back and forth recently and not really seeing eye to eye, which is what they were before. But I've been hearing rumblings that they, that this may go on longer than people anticipated. So, which means maybe more for Broadway, which is good. Um, yeah, I think this is very interesting, especially I, I think the Kennedy center, this is what their Broadway center stage, um, kind of seasons they do every year um and they obviously i feel like are capitalizing on the movie that's why they announced that um yeah like the movie was very well received so they were like well let's just do the musical um and this is playing it's playing at the eisenhower theater at the kennedy center which a bunch of the comments i feel like a lot of people are thinking that it's going to be playing in the opera house no, it's um, a small which is, theater. Right. And a bunch of people in the comments of the Broadway world are like, someone says, it's such a massive venue for an intimate show, which is true. But the Eisenhower is a smaller theater, so I think it'll yeah. be fine. I think it's going to be um, really good. Yeah, I think it's going to be great. Um, this is playing from January 26th through February 4th at the Kennedy Center, which we'll be talking about. You know, we'll probably be getting casting yeah, announcements preview. and yeah. Things like that. So, and last but not least, Rachel, take us home with this last yeah. bit. Yeah, literally today, as of recording this, we got some news that Jay Harrison G will be out of Some Like It Hot for six weeks to undergo some kind of medical surgery. I did not look about why or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, I mean, one number one that when they're announcing it, that means that you know you've made it. Number one, when you're going to be out for that long, and they they're like, we're going to post about it. It's a press release. We're doing well, it. and they they no, are the lead it. of the show, so it's of like, of course, of course. I'm if, just saying, if they were gone, I feel like everyone would be like, where did Harrison go? I Harrison. will be intrigued if this changes ticket sales. Mm-hmm. I will be very intrigued. Have they announced who? Is it just their understudy who's gonna? Oh, oh, Demarius, Demarius Copes is going to be yeah. playing. We'll be playing yeah. Jerry and Daphne. Yeah. yeah. So we'll see see how that goes. I mean, I think I'm hopeful that they'll be able to return, you know, back after their surgery. Yeah. 
Um, but you also just, yeah, just hope that they're doing well, hope everything goes well and glad that they're doing what they need, whatever the surgery is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When I saw this today after my movie screening of Gran Turismo, wonderful. Um, (laughs) I, um, first of all, I was like, what? (laughs) This is crazy. And then I did some further research and yeah, it, it, it only says like, just surgery that's all it's it doesn't say like what type of surgery um or any or anything that's if it's even related to like a medical health concern so it could be like a surgery that they are wanting like an elective surgery yes an elective surgery yeah Um, i mean no matter what it is we hope that they're well and hopefully they can return to the stage and we Mm -hmm. hope that it doesn't impact them too much in their ability to return but we also you know what's crazy i think this is crazy like with broadway especially eight shows a week if you can't you have to you have to do what you have to do but it's also a big hit when you're out for six weeks so yeah yeah and i think the show is like supporting them and and it seems like it's not gonna hurt their like career it will be interesting to see i mean some like it hot is doing well i think it's 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 gonna stay on broadway for a while so and of course they announced the tour and everything yeah um so there's all of that but still waiting for that shuck tour just because everyone (laughs) is wondering i guess they'll see how it does in london i don't know we're aware i'm just ready for the corn with the british flag on on (laughs) that's what i'm waiting (laughs) for I just am, ah, uh, man. Yeah. I'm telling you, the marketing team though is still winning. They're still winning. Still, yeah, I went on there. If you don't follow also, them on Instagram, it's incredible. Also, Hoda from Jenna and Hoda on Today Show went and saw yeah. it, and she was like raving about it. I saw See? it on my my for you page, <laughs> and she was raving about it. <laughs> it was amazing. Oh, oh man. Gosh. Well, that concludes well, our that's... buzz this week. Yeah, Not too that's much to talk that. about, but you know, we found ways to talk about it. Um, Always. And right after we hit finished recording, there will be something I'm true. sure that's released. Yeah. That's how it all. I works. will say before we officially wrap it up, we I found it was either a week ago or two weeks ago. I saw anyway, Theater Camp, the movie that we have talked about. Go check that episode if you have not listened to it. Is going to be released on Hulu um, <gasps> yes. on September 14th. So be on the lookout for that. Do you know? Go have a viewing party, watch it with all your friends, and then have a listening party with all your friends of our yeah, podcast. Episode. Listen to our podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Oh, good job, Tay. Mm, gotta get that plug in plug. Well let's transition to our main course today Which is our deep dive Rachel is very nervously excited to <laughs> find out um, So this week I, For those listening right now That are <laughs> in their headphones Folding laundry Going on a walk Welcome to the show Thank you um, I had been planning this deep dive for a very long, like pretty much, I think like the beginning of the summer, I was like trying to map when we were mapping out our episodes for the summer and the fall, I was like, Oh, when can I get this in? When can I get this in? Because it has something kind of pertaining to something that is going to be coming in the fall. And oh. so I was like, okay, how can I schedule it around? You know, how can I get this deep dive in? And thankfully it worked out and here we are And um, we are not talking about a show today Oh we no We're talking about a person And okay. what's really fun Why do you always that, do that? 
it's it's so fun. What's really fun is that we've already kind of talked about him because that's why we're talking about the man, the myth, the legend, and that is Mr. Jonathan Groff. Groff <laughs> sauce himself. We're doing the deepest dive. We're diving in oh and we're talking God. about Jonathan Groff. Okay, that's amazing. So this, as it says on his Wikipedia page, American actor and singer. Jonathan Drew Groff. Did you know his middle name was Drew? I did no. not. Yeah. Born March 26, 1985. 11 years before either of us were born. The world was graced with the wonderful presence of Groff sauce. Um, he was born in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, which is where one of my parents' dogs was also born. So they're basically the same person. Um... They're basically Which the is, same. you know, maybe we should have named him Groff or something. I don't know. Yeah, you should have, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Um, he, of course, has been in multiple Broadway shows, which we will talk about. He was on, you know, Glee. He was in, he's in that little hit movie called Frozen, um, which we will talk about. He was in that little hit show, Hamilton. Um, he was in that little Tony winning Broadway show also Spring Awakening um, And then he's also done some other His career really is just like All over so the place expansive. Yeah it's I've really I'm really excited to like talk about his whole career um, But Yes I'm you know, so the reason why, like I said, we're talking about him is I was very excited because, of course, he's going to be starring on Broadway this fall in Merrily We Roll Along, the revival, which we will get to. Um, and I just thought it was apropos, you know, and also our last deep dive we did on a human, not a show, was Miss Sutton Foster. And I felt and they like... they love each second, other. Yes, the second one, it was very apropos to be like, well, who else should we do for the second time? It's Jonathan Groff, so... Uh, I love it, Tay. I'm overwhelmed. Yeah. My face is gonna hurt because I'm gonna smile yeah. so much. Yeah. He's just, why is he so great? Why is he such he's a nice human? literally like... Protect Jonathan Groff at all times. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Like, I feel like Jonathan, he is like a star, but I feel like he should be like... Bigger than he actually is. Do you know what I mean? I concur. He should be Daniel Radcliffe big. Well, yeah, but Daniel Radcliffe was only big because of Harry Potter. Like, that's what made him big. He should be like Florence Pugh big. That's what I'm saying. That's good. I like that. Yeah. 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 Like how everyone's like, oh, yeah, Florence Pugh is like one of the greatest actors, like, right now. So. I love it. And, like, also, side note about Florence Pugh that they're apparently looking at her to be... Rapunzel and the live action Tangled, which wait, how um, did we not talk about the side the side note? Lawrence about- Pugh and Jonathan Groff in the live action Tangled. This is how you bring it back. <laughs> yes. So I think I from where where we start is yeah, where, where, where both of us where, where where do we start? Where both of us started is really where um it all begins. So. Where did you, because Spring Awakening, as we've talked about, go check out our deep dive on Spring Awakening. Um, We did it around the time when the documentary came out. Spring Awakening comes out in, and we're going to go through his whole career, but Spring Awakening comes out in 2006. So we are 10 years old when Spring Awakening comes out, which is, (laughs) if you're playing at home, too young to be, know anything about Spring Awakening. 
agree. So, like, when was your, I don't know, intro to Jonathan Groff? I feel like mine was a little bit later in a little hit show, but we'll talk about that. I don't really remember, if I'm honest. I think it was sometime before Frozen, which is 2013, and sometime after Spring Awakening. And I tell you this Mm -hmm. because at some point during our children's theater experience, I think we talked about this when we did, Mm -hmm. when we talked about Spring Awakening, there was a session um our class I did and it was songs from Spring Awakening and it was we had some backlash about it right but that I think I was in ninth grade maybe 10th grade I think maybe Mm -hmm. 10th grade that sounds right um anyway so that what what year was that Taylor like 2010 2011 because we graduated in 2014 right right 2010 somewhere somewhere around there or 11 yeah. I found, but it was before then. It was not long before then that I found out about Spring Awakening, and not just like found out about Spring Awakening, but went into the dark recesses of the YouTubes for Spring Awakening. And there is right. one clip, and I'm pretty sure right. we linked it in the Spring Awakening thing. And this is how I know Jonathan Groff. This was the beginning, because I was looking up for that, for that um, theater class I was looking up performances of certain things because we were trying to figure out how we were going to walk across the stage during this one thing and there is a clip of Jonathan Groff maybe at 54 below I don't know where he is he is telling a story about his life about Spring Awakening and he talks about forgetting the words during um left behind left behind and all he thinks is all things left behind and then he's like all things Mm -hmm. all things the whole time and he tells the story and it's so funny and i saved it or whatever you do favorite on your browser Mm. and i watched that like nobody's business like i visibly remember watching that over and over and over and over again i'm not even sure yeah i don't know what year that was but anyway that was before frozen Mm-hmm. And that's how I fell in love with him, I think. Yeah. And then and then I, I had watched The Good Wife. I had watched all of The Good Wife. And so clearly I had seen him. He was on one episode of that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so, yeah. And he, yeah. Was, he was on Glee, so I knew who he was. Right. Yes. Great but that was the beginning of my obsession, I should say. Right. Right. I would say, yeah, for me, so Spring Awakening, I didn't really know about Spring Awakening, as we talked about in our deep dive, until a local theater, professional theater company did it in Richmond growing up. Um, And because it was a big, there was, especially in our circles growing up, in conservative circles, there was a lot of brouhaha and drama and backlash against the theater company portraying this, uh, putting on this show. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I actually do remember like wanting to go see it, but I think I was like, you saw it. I mean, how old? We were probably like 14. And. Or 15. It was, it yeah. was right around the same time that this class was happening. Right. Mm. Clash, cra- clashing. Um, and actually funny looking back on it, it is funny that our theater company did that class. Like, Oh, I know there kinda, was backlash. I remember there being conversation about kinda it. kind of crazy. That's wild. Yeah, because we sang um, my junk, just so, in case you were wondering. Wow, I love that. 
one of my favorites. Uh, I why didn't they do touch me? Come on, that's like the I best mean, song basically, in the whole show. Basically, yeah. almost. Yeah, yeah. Um, but as I maybe have mentioned before, my my family, one of the shows we all watched together as a family was Glee. Like from the beginning, yeah. we watched it all. My dad loved it because it was all songs that he knew, and he always laugh at you know them portraying all the songs and the. But I loved it because the musical elements. And it was just a fun, like, show that we all laughed and, and loved together. And so I think my intro to Jonathan Groff was Jesse St. James um, on Glee. He had, as it says here, a recurring role, 15 episodes, um, which I feel like he was in more. Like, it really does feel like he was in more. I yeah. My family and I dropped off the show after season three. That was the last season we kind of all watched together, which I feel like... Maybe four was the last good season, but I feel like three was the last good season. Because four is when they go to college, right? I can't remember. Was yeah, it four? I thought it was four, but I could be wrong. Um, and then I do know, like, I haven't, I've never even watched the whole, the the ending. I don't even, I know how it ends, but I've never watched. I think five is when they went to college. No, it says season. No, it's four. You're right. You're right. Yeah. It's four. It's yeah. four. I'm sorry. Yes, yes. Yeah. So I feel like four is like, eh. and then obviously when Corey Monteith died, we all we did watch that episode. Like I remember when that happened. Yeah. That was such a big like cultural moment, of course. Yeah. But I do know things like, and spoiler for the end of Glee if you have not watched it. But I do know <laughs> that Leah Michelle's character ends up marrying Jonathan Groff's character. Like, does that happen in the end? I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember. Yeah, this blocked is it from my memory. No. Yes, and then of course when Frozen came out in 2013, yes. which we were older. I mean, I was a we senior were in high school. when we yeah. were seniors that year. Yeah. But I do Frozen like really. I remember seeing it in a theater with no one in November. Like I think it was like me and a mutual friend of ours in high school and her, his little sister, and we and there was no one in the theater. Like it wasn't as big of a, it was Frozen was really a slow burn, and. And then it took over and, the world yes, for took, years, yeah. and still. And Jonathan Groff has been living off those residual checks since uh, 2013. So, and that's been 10 years. So, which is yeah. crazy that it's been 10 years since. Yeah. Frozen. Well, and what I think is so funny uh, is that he doesn't. I I think that he got some. Like obviously they did a press circuit related to Frozen, but it really was Frozen moving into Frozen on Broadway into Frozen Two. That I think the press circuit got bigger and people started. Yeah. Obviously, this is post whatever else we're going to talk about, but I think that really creates a lot more for him mm-hmm. um, in terms of in terms of people outside of the theater world knowing who he is. I mean, yeah, I have some other like I start to obsess myself with Jonathan Groff at some point. Yeah, we're gonna go through the whole the whole resume in a minute. I'm excited. But um, I do think it's interesting, like Jonathan Groff being, growing up in small town, Amish country, Pennsylvania, like becomes Broadway star. Like, it's just wild. It's so crazy. The pipeline is crazy. He grew up as a, uh, among Amish communities, spending his teenage years. This is uh, taken from the most reliable source, Wikipedia, of course. Spending his teenage years driving around Amish neighborhoods who were not allowed to use electricity. Um, 
he fell in love with Julie Andrews' performance as Mary Poppins when he was little, and he and his brother would put on home productions. You know what's so funny is that you like we're theater lovers, and maybe this is why we. And maybe you did this, Rachel. Now, now that I'm talking this out and processing verbal processing this, maybe it just like wasn't like I remember like dancing a lot as a kid and like putting on dancing stuff and like I don't remember like putting on actual shows as a kid like for my family and anything like that but I feel like every actor I see an interview with is like I made my family watch this performance like I did a whole thing blah blah Ben Platt talks about how he like maybe and maybe it's because his dad was a producer like cats in the backyard yes he did cats he did lion king like he remembers like which like hilarious now but like obviously he would never be cat like who would he be timon i don't know but and like he did all those things but like i don't and maybe this is a testament to like maybe we just weren't meant to be performers because we never did that as a kid but (laughs) speak for yourself yeah you're right my parents my parents will literally tell you the times that I made them sit down and watch performances. And it was a lot of karaoke. It was a lot right. of like, right. let me sing this one song to you and I will act it out. And it's like, I mean, I didn't yeah. necessarily act out the four parts uh, yeah. acts, but I mean, I, mean, I would, I would make that. I remember my, I think it was my third grade or fourth grade party. I made people sit down and listen and watch me do karaoke to to whatever show it was i vividly Amazing. remember that because one of the girls was like i don't yeah. like musicals and i was like you can leave is <laughs> basically how i felt where is she today oh, yeah. shout out to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh man um yeah but i love that. I, I remember like yeah be, I, I like sang all the like my family knew like I sang all the time and like things like that but I just think it's so funny how many performers I hear being like oh yeah I put on these home productions I made my siblings and maybe it's just because I'm the youngest yeah I can make my older siblings that's like, it yeah. yeah yeah we bullied my friend and I bullied her younger sister into doing but I will say it was a lot of like we're recreating High School Musical or Hannah Montana or things like that. It was not always a theater production, but it was like, I I remember making my youngest cousin, if she listens to this, I'm so sorry, dress up as certain (laughs) things. And like, I was bossing her around. Right. Right. Well, what else were you supposed to, you you know what? Oh my gosh. I'm just having this memory. I'm so sorry. I, I do remember when the first Narnia movie came out in like 2005 or whatever, me and my cousins all playing Narnia at, we used to go to the beach growing up and like, I would pay Peter and other people. And we would like run around the beach and like, look for, yeah. And like, look for, you know, I don't know, Aslan. I don't know. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So that, I guess that's kind of the same thing. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I do want to say here, Groff says he credits Sutton Foster, again, as one of his greatest influences and idols as a young aspiring actor. He would wait at the stage door after her performances to get her autograph. And I do, there are, yeah, there's multiple interviews and I'll probably link one in the show notes of him talking about like literally going to the stage door of Thoroughly Modern Millie and like talking to her and then, you know, Five years later, like getting to meet her and like it's be friends. Crazy, with her. I know. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's talk about this career trajectory because okay. it's okay. So crazy. So his so he does some regional stuff. He he does go to college. Um, he he goes to uh, Carnegie Mellon, 
in 2003, which is like a really famous theater school. There's lots of people have come mm-hmm. from there. Yeah. Leslie Adam Jr., Renee Elise Goldsberry, Billy Porter, I believe, went to Carnegie Mellon. I, I think Josh Gad and Rory O'Malley. I mean, all these crazy Broadway talents have gone there. Um, he attended Carnegie Mellon but deferred his admission for a year when he was cast as Rolf in a non-equity national tour of The Sound of Music, which I'm sure Incredible. we have for, and I will link it in the show notes. After the tour, he decided to move to New York instead of going to college. So then he's in some regional stuff. He's in Honk, and he plays Ugly. He's in Bat Boy, the musical, where he plays Bat Boy. And then he's in Fame. And then while he's waitress, wait, not waitressing, but waitering at a restaurant, he gets his first Broadway gig in 2005, which is in a show called In My Life, which is written by... Joseph Brooks. It's music, uh, music lyrics and book written by Joseph Brooks. And Rachel, have you ever heard of the show? I don't think so. Okay, so Jonathan Groff was um, an understudy, uh, swing, and a at one point, and then a dance, uh, the dance captain, which is hilarious because he doesn't really feel like a dancer to me. In but, my life, this is in my life. This is 2005, but before before Spring Awakening, right? Correct. This is, yeah. yeah. So this show is, I just want to, I want to pause here just for a second because I think this show is hilarious. This, described by Playbill as being generally regarded to be one of the strangest shows ever to have graced the Broadway stage. It told the story of a romance between a journalist with obsessive compulsive disorder and a singer-songwriter with Tourette's syndrome and later a brain tumor. As <laughs> Oh my. Jeez. As they fall in love, they are observed by an angel in heaven who decides that their story would make a great reali- reality opera. Also involved in the tale are the songwriter's dead mother and sister, as well as God himself. That is crazy. Yeah. Needless that to say, sound like a lot. the show opened October 20th, 2005, and closed December 11th, 2005. <laughs> it was not yeah. there. No cast recording of the show, and the libretto has never been published. So, there we go. That's all I'm saying. So then he does this. He has one Broadway show under his belt. Like he's been in a show. Like he knows how to do the thing. He was the understudy of the lead, so I'm sure he went on a couple times. And he feels comfortable on the stage, on the on a Broadway stage. Correct. And this and in a new musical. Yeah, and in a new musical. Even though maybe it did well. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it didn't do well. But then he gets to, and they talk about this in the um, Spring Awakening doc, is that they were nervous. I think they were nervous to cast him in the show because mm-hmm. Leah Michelle was this veteran by then Broadway actress. She had been in like two or three shows at that point, and she had held her own. And I think she had been with the show for a really long time. Like she had done workshops and readings and stuff. And Jonathan Groff was this new actor on the scene. And he was from like, you know, this small town in Pennsylvania. And like, like, right. Not, not conservative and, you know, his social or whatever, but just like very green as they say, like new and Yeah. yeah. Very, um, yeah, just, they just didn't know. And especially with this show, like it was, this show is like very adult. So I think they wanted someone that could, 
pull off everything. But obviously, Jonathan Goff was able to do this. So he does Spring Awakening at the Atlantic Theater Company off Broadway. Then it transfers to Broadway and becomes this huge hit. He gets a Tony nomination. Um, and he runs in the show for like almost two years and then leaves with Liam Michelle. And I think I'm sure after that, people were like, well, what is he going to do next? What are him and Leah going to do next? And I'm sure. Yeah. I was going to say, and the answer was Hollywood. Well, what's funny about this is that Leah goes on to go get Glee and get be in the pilot season and gets Glee and becomes a huge other, you know, TV star in her own right. And she does bring Jonathan on, but he doesn't really do anything for himself. Like that's like a proper hit and like something that he until until really 2014. Like he's doing Glee, he's doing The Good Wife, he's doing some theater, he does hair, um he does some I mean, he's in he's in some big movies. I mean, he's on he's on a, a TV show One Life to Live, which ended um right. but um he's he's also in but that was like, in 2007 so that was like a year later right after yeah that was like yeah that's, that's what true. i'm saying like so he starts he yeah. goes to, he goes to hollywood and then he starts doing these things related into hollywood for a while but that's a soap opera so it's been running for a long time yeah i get it yeah. i get it yeah. i really think it's i think it's glee that that sends him yeah. i think it's him being mm-hmm. in Glee that sends him even further yeah. into the Hollywood space. For sure. And then into what happens on Broadway yeah. next. And I think what really kind of cements him next is, at least in highbrow, people kind of take him maybe a little more seriously. Not that Spring Awakening isn't highbrow. But Looking, which is this TV show he gets. Obsessed. Have you seen it, Taylor? I have not seen it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Yeah. A TV show that turns also then into a movie. Yeah, and this is also an, a sidebar. Another reason why I really wanted to do a deep dive on Jonathan Groff is because I knew Rachel loves Jonathan Groff I and has probably seen so everything that he has been in. So, <laughs> You're not um, but looking, what I find interesting about this is that Jonathan Groff was hesitant to take on this role because he didn't want to, he says in an interview, he didn't quote, he didn't want to be typecast. As a gay in in gay characters, which I think mm-hmm. is very interesting. Yeah. Um, but this is a lead role. I believe it gets what two seasons? Yeah. Yeah. Two eighteen episodes HBO. and a TV yeah. movie. Yeah, and a TV movie, and currently now streaming on Max. I assume. Gonna watch it again. Yeah. So that and that is right at that's right after Frozen too. So yes. Frozen comes out a year before that. And for the thing about Frozen is that it does kind of take him into a different stratosphere as far as like, well, he's getting paid a lot more now. And mm-hmm. but also it's a voice act, so it's like it's a voice character. Yeah. Yeah. So there's that. But I, I just the range this guy does. So then he does, you know, the normal heart, then he does some more theater, he does lots of plays. Um, things like that, and then in 2015, he goes, he does the show that I, pr- probably everyone knows him for now, which yes. is Hamilton, and he plays King George the Third. He comes on late into. Uh, does he just go to the Broadway run, or does I think he comes in during the off Broadway right to, for 
for um oh yeah here we go at the public theater because brian Doshi james in a in a twist that we have talked about before with brian Doshi james is that he was going to be in this normal off broadway and then yeah. went off and went to shrekland shrekland that's right and then it's gonna, like yeah and then or it's more like uh, i can't do it i can't do a shrek accent hey, hey hey oh that's my donkey impression <laughs> donkey better than i always say <laughs> i don't know i don't know i can't no, I really want to put Jake, not right there. Yeah, no. We gotta work on that first. You gotta work okay. on it, right? All right. Um, anyway, but he does. It. He comes in to swoop. So Brian Dushy James goes, Hi. leaves Hamilton to go do something, um, something rotten. Which, uh-huh. granted, I get it. Like he's the lead. We've talked about this, but like maybe the biggest regret of his career, <laughs> his career. Twice now he's done this. Yeah. Yeah, two of the best shows ever written. I'm just saying. Which is so, why he didn't. He was like, "I'm staying with, I'm staying with this situation here as long as I can with the Into the Woods." Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, so he comes into Jonathan Groff comes in to play King George the Third, transfers to Broadway, becomes a huge hit, gets a Tony nomination, all the things. Could have won. I mean, he easily could have won for sure. For like. 11 minutes of stage time. I mean, he's not in the show very much, which is wild. Incredible. Uh So then off of what I find so interesting about Mm -hmm. this is that off of Hamilton, he goes Mindhunter. No, no. Before that, he's in what I, what I love him the most in. And I will, I will never not believe this is true. And that Mm. is a podcast musical. Called right, 36 yeah. Questions. That comes right. out right after. It's in 2017. It's literally he ends his Broadway run. I don't know why they decided to do this. I don't know yeah. who produced this. I don't know why. If they thought this was the new thing for podcasts. I really don't know. Or, yeah. I mean, theater. I don't know. But it's three episodes. And he plays Jace. And him singing on this. I listen to it at least once a quarter. The whole mm. thing. It's three acts. But I listen to the music all the time. I think yeah. that it's some of his best acting work. And it's one of those moments where he's not playing a character like he is in Frozen. He's like, it almost sounds like he's performing it like he would be mm-hmm. if he was on the stage. And it's incredible. Yeah. So I just want to shout that out because I feel it doesn't get enough credit. 36 For sure. Questions. Yeah. Okay. He did win an Audioverse Award in 2017 for his performances chase it's written by chris littler and ellen winter um it's a really 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 great show very very good i don't know would you call it a show yeah it's a musical i would call it a musical yeah also as an aside doesn't when doesn't jonathan groff do a new uh a new brain at some point yes he does do a new brain right before hamilton okay at new york city center um, which of um what the cast album is out of that yes yes there is a cast album of that um but again his run after hamilton is like some of the craziest stuff ever i mean there's mind hunter and then he goes and does um and then he does where is it where's oh mind yeah. hunter is amazing 
And he does for Mindhunter. He does American Sniper in there. He has a little role in that, which is yeah. fascinating. Uh, and then he does Frozen 2, of course. Then he does The Matrix Resurrections last year, which was just a wild turn of events. And I was like, yeah, um, Jonathan, get, get that paycheck. Just do do the weird role in the blockbuster that doesn't make that much money and isn't maybe that great. But, you know, you probably got a payday. So there's that. And did you say Frozen 2? Did you say that? Yeah, Frozen 2, okay. where he gets his power ballad in Frozen 2. And it's like Which is incredible. Grossing, it's like the highest grossing animated film of all time. It's crazy. It beat out the first Frozen. Isn't that insane? And then I want to say also right after Frozen 2, we get Hamilton released on Disney Plus right. for everyone. And, and that's when all of these articles, whoops, I just exited out of that, of course. That's when all these articles like this one from Harper's Bazaar saying, please don't let Jonathan Groff's stage spit distract you from his stellar resume. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there were memes about him spitting. I mean, this is when the whole world starts to know who he is because it's been released to the public now For to sure. see him, to see yeah. who he is. They might have heard his voice on that soundtrack, but now they see who he is. Right. But even before, and then that, but that's even right before, because this happened right before the the um, lockdown was a little shop of horrors. I mean, I one know. another, like just another move to come back to it's New York and off Broadway ish, <laughs> come and do Seymour, and he crushed it. Crushed, I mean, so many people, like you saw that show obviously, but so many people okay. would go and see him in that and just like yeah. raved about it, raved about yeah. it. He was amazing. I yeah. will say he did spit everywhere and sweat everywhere. It was amazing. I'm sure. It was like holy water, honestly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then he kind of crazy. First of all, you should go watch the Spring Awakening doc, which came out last year. We talked about it. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. It does a great job of kind of mapping out the show and all of that. But then next year he has coming up, he's, he's going to be in freaking Doctor Who and the new season and then also this year he had knock at the cabin which was the m night Shyamalan movie which i have seen and he's he's very good in it he's very good he's i i just his career just boggles me. he's all over the place it's like, so good is, he does animating he does he's gonna be he's gonna be on broadway with merrily we roll yeah. along he does Broadway. He does freaking Mindhunter, which is like such a departure from him. And freaking yeah. the fact that like David Fincher, one of the greatest directors like ever, was like, yeah, Jonathan Groff. Like I'm gonna he's hire. So, he's also so good in that. Yeah, so good. People are and like it's so different from yeah. all this other stuff. Yeah, for sure. He's he's honestly like Emmy worthy in that show. He's so good. He's- he just has such a range. What I find so interesting yes, yes. is his, not just his array of like, okay, well, he's been on Broadway. He's been off Broadway. He's been in regional productions. He's not, af- he's not afraid to do re- go back and do regional productions after being on Broadway. He takes some opportunities in Hollywood. He takes a voice acting. I mean, can you imagine? Like he was right. like, sure. Yeah, I'll do a voice acting thing for Disney. And then it becomes right. one of the best things Disney has done. Right. Like right. you just have all of these opportunities that he won has one. I mean, obviously have been presented to him. So that's one, but two right. that he's decided, yeah, I'm, I'm interested in taking that. And he's just unbelievably good at each and every one. Yeah. And there are, in my mind, you know, there are these people who 
I don't uh, Jennifer Coolidge is the only person who currently comes to mind without it feeling offensive, right? right? She plays the same kind of character in everything she does. She is amazing at everything she does, but she's right. cast, right? Like this is mm-hmm. what Jonathan was worried about in the beginning. Right. And I just feel that he has such a range and people have taken a risk to invite him to do other things. And then he's really fully stepped up to the plate and hit a home run that he's able to not be as typecast in anything. Like, I mean, you think about who he was in Spring Awakening to who he was as King George and just on his theater trajectory. And that is so different. And obviously time has passed, but still the range of that. Can you like, how can you command a stage and be one of the, our favorite characters when you have seven minutes of, of time on the stage? Right. And also like the documentary talks about this, but having that cast, like they were all very young at the time, like experienced that level of stardom. And most, if not all of the cast are like still like level headed, like, very like they they all are like still in that most of them are like still in the industry like doing like good work like things like i don't know i just feel like it's very interesting like mm-hmm. to have that specific show like happen to him at that specific age i feel like really did kind of help obviously help his stardom trajectory but i feel like it really did like teach him that like oh like there are good things you can you can kind of pick and choose because spring awakening is so special Mm -hmm. that it's like well what am i like the things that he chooses are just very fascinating it's like all over the place and i think spring awakening him starting that then that being such a big hit early on in his career is like the reason why he's had such an interesting career and i also think he's just a person that like this is the vibe I get from him is that he's not going to do something. If he just like is, isn't vibing with it. Like he's just yeah. going to do what he wants to do. And I think, and if he doesn't connect to it and not every actor is like that. And I think that's amazing. Well, and I think going back to what you were saying about how it's crazy about his trajectory, one of the things that I'm sure helped form him as a, in his character, in his work ethic was going from being on Broadway in a new musical that yeah. really didn't maybe do that well or wasn't well received and being a part of the original cast and then saying like I'm not done with Broadway I'm going to keep going and then your second hit is one of your two Tony nominations right like right. that's that's crazy and most people wait a long time are in right. Five shows on Broadway yeah. before most people don't have any can. and they're in 20 shows right, right right and and so I think that that kind of that moment of okay well I got back on the horse and then it was so it was so successful probably yeah. also trained his trajectory trained him him in a certain way to think okay things are possible I am gonna try things once and And I agree that I don't think he's going to take any crap and I think he's going to walk away from things, especially now because he has the authority and power to do that Um, Mm -hmm. where, because he's got money and he's had roles where he's going to walk away from things he doesn't want to be. But I think part of what I really, I know that, I know that Hollywood and I know that Broadway are, they're a business. I know it. Right. But you know, you know who you want to cast in things are people who are going to work hard and are going to be nice to everyone. You also want to cast 
talented people. And the fact that he's all three of those, it seems from what we know from other cast members, from all, all the shows he's been in and his what he presents as his character, it has to be good to work with him. It seems that it's good to work with him. And so now mm-hmm. directors are like, well, now that we're thinking about this role, you know, it's let me think, does, would Jonathan fit in this? Right. For sure. Of course, we need to talk about the thing that he will be starring in this fall, which we already have talked about a little bit at the beginning of this show, which is Merrily We Roll Along. Um, I want to reference the, the... I talked about the Vogue photo shoot that um, him and Lindsay Mendez and Daniel Radcliffe did. But in the article, there's this quote that says, For Groff, doing Merrily felt faded. He says, quote, I had just reached this point in my life where I was really looking back and reflecting on relationships that I suddenly realized were almost two decades old. He later learned that Radcliffe and Mendez had done their own first big New York shows at around the same time. This was no small thing as they approached a story as concerned with the vicissitudes of a career in the performing arts as anything else. So I am very excited to see you know this show got rave reviews off broadway he got a he got a outer critic circle award nomination and win and then he got a drama desk award nomination um so no doubt this show is going to be nominated for tony's and that he maybe all three of them will be nominated um but i'm excited i what what my main thing that i love about Jonathan Groff, among many things, his voice, his look, his whatever, his personality, from what we know of him. How how beautiful he is. Yeah. <clears throat> right. Is that no matter what, he has a hit in Frozen. He has a hit in Glee. He has a hit in Mindhunter. He, you know, he goes and does The Matrix, whatever. He comes, he always comes back, back to Broadway. Back to Broadway. Yeah. And we respect the heck out of people who do that. Yes. Like, the longest thing in his credits on... His Wikipedia are his theater credits. And I think that is just amazing. And you can really tell that like this is his one true love. Even though he does. He goes off and does other things. It's amazing. And I want to say partially in my mind. Some of his best claim to fames for me. Are when he does like bits on shows that are related to Broadway. Like miscast or other things. Right. And as we have talked about, I'm pretty sure we talked about this in the Sutton Foster um, episode. But when Jonathan Groff's, per- Jonathan Groff's, oh, when Jonathan Groff performs Anything Goes yeah. with the choreography, it's amazing. I am deceased. And you just know that he's a theater kid at heart. He loves this. Right. It's right. it. You, he just radiates that he loves what he's doing on the stage, yeah. especially. And also there's two great, which I watched them. Um, shout out to this old show, Side by Side with Susan Blackwell. There's some great episodes with Jonathan Groff on that um, show, which we will link in the show notes. They're so yeah. funny. One of them in his parents' farmhouse in Pennsylvania. So, oh, that's so great. So sweet. Well, and isn't, isn't there a point in the, documentary. in the documentary where they go home to his home? Yeah, they, like, take the whole cast and they, like, camp out. 
That's so cute. So amazing. I do want to talk about, of course, in 2009, Jonathan Groff was romantically linked to Gavin Creel, which is incredible. I I like how they say romantically linked. Like, I'm guessing they just hooked up, I guess, a bunch of times. I don't know. What is that? This is my fantasy. You, like, I don't know how they feel about each other anymore, but I I need this to be where we are in life. And honestly... Um, Gavin well, Creel really didn't tenors. come out of 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 didn't officially come out for a long time. Mm-hmm. But I, I need they are in my mind. They are they are right, couple goals if yeah. they were to be they are linked they are romantically right. linked in my mind right. <laughs> and I need them to linked. be. They're also yeah. so talented. Can you imagine them together in a right. like just think just think about like. Right. Anything and them yeah. together. Right. I'm yeah. unwell. Just thinking about it. And then from 2010 to 2013, Groff was in a relationship with actor Zachary Quinto. Crazy. Can't which imagine. Was crazy. He seems like which a lot. You, not gonna lie. Yeah, you got to see him in Boys in the Band. Um, yeah. He's very talented. Yeah. Not to take yeah. away from his talent. He's very very yeah. talented. He just. Um, did you stage door with Jonathan Groff? No. Uh, yes, I mean, yes, I did, but Jonathan Groff sneaks out. So here's how it works. And and uh, Christian Borle told me. He's like, because it was just three of us. It was freaking cold. And also the show is so small. But right. he, goes, he goes, oh, Jonathan parks his bike at the other side and sneaks out sometimes when he can't, when he doesn't want to stay door because he's going to be late somewhere. And I was like, that's cute. Oh, man. He's like, and I'm know, here he as a, and land. then and then uh, Christian was like, I'm here as a distraction. I was like, I feel like you are alone. You're set apart, Christian. It's okay. Right. You can be your own thing. He's like, well, right. and I was like, okay. Was but he just, was the only person Christian who were just door. having a conversation. It was me and two other people in Christian. Yes, that was it. Amazing. Literally, was it. it was amazing. Isn't he and the most joke? I've staged for, for like, something. Like on. Two weeks or two months before pandemic. Um. Yeah, I didn't stage door with him for something rotten because he wasn't in it when I saw something rotten. I staged door with him for something rotten, and he was, like, the most chill. Like, he was just like, oh, thank you. Oh, uh, yes. Uh, yeah. I was like, what? You're, like, the most charismatic person I've ever seen in any interview. I literally just saw you on and, stage, yeah, and now yeah. you're, what? Right. Yeah. Um, and then lastly, Graf dated New Zealand choreographer for Corey Baker until 2020. Uh, just Aww, wanted to shout Pandemic breakup. Yeah, pandemic breakup. Maybe that's what did it in for him. But yeah. Okay, ooh. but also though, I don't know if Daniel Radcliffe is queer, but like that could be fun. Yeah. I'm here for that. that. Maybe we need a revival of Equus with uh, Jonathan Groff and Daniel Radcliffe. I think, yeah, we need something. We need. Yeah. Or take and me it, out. Maybe it's with... going to be musical. Yeah. True. <laughs> Lastly, what? So out of all the performances that you've deep dived and seen, Mm-hmm. And dove deep. De- Rachel has done her own deep dives on Jonathan Groff. I think yeah. she's deep dove more I've than anyone. I've dove. Dove in. I've yeah. dove in. I'm yeah. dove in. What is your favorite performance of Jonathan Groff? Does it have to be one where he's like credited? <laughs> <laughs> okay, say more. I'm intrigued. <laughs> Because I do think that my favorite performance of Jonathan Groff is when he is doing Anything Goes. Okay. 
Okay. I mean, I just, he's just. Oh, is he imitating Sutton or is he just playing? Have you seen this? Yes, I've seen it, but I'm just saying, like. I mean, I think he's playing, playing Reno Sweeney in general, but I mean, he's imitating Sutton's version of that. Does that make sense? Okay, I gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Um, Okay, but if I had to choose something else, I mean, I really think he's so good in Mindhunter. He's so yeah. good in that show. Yeah, and it's um, so different for him. That's it's what. So different. Yeah. 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 Also, it's really hard to pick one. His body. So. Yeah. <laughs> um. No comment on that from me. Um. <laughs> I, I mean, Hamilton is also just so iconic. It's like yeah. his dance, his break dancing during, you know, know. well, he's never going to be a president. Like, so good. So, so good. good. Um, but I think, of, I mean, sp- I mean, peaking, uh, we're not saying he's peaking early because I think he's he's going to and he has had a long career. Like, I wouldn't be surprised Lost if he woods? ends up. <clears throat> yeah. Of, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if in like. 20 years he has like four oscar nominations and he's just like that like person that like he's that actor that like everyone's like oh yeah i know that guy he's been in that like yeah 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 Yeah. um he gets an oscar when he's like 80 like the old man oscar he's like 80 or whatever um yeah but i mean spring awakening i mean can you not not say i mean like he's so great in that i mean obviously i didn't see him but i've seen lots of clips of him and even in the reunion he's incredible and looking amazing i will say going back to the the body comment that rachel was saying um but he i mean i don't think he like peaked early like i was saying because i think his career is amazing but i think that show just like there's just like i know other people played melchior but like he's just so incredible in that so yeah he really is i mean I don't think there's one thing he's done that I'm aware of where I was like, that was terrible, Jonathan. We should really rethink that. Yeah, that's the thing is that even if the, like, Matrix Resurrections, which I've not seen, is probably a terrible movie, but he's probably great. Yeah. So, there's that. Yeah. There's that. There's that. He's good in anything. Oh, we love him. We love him. We love him. I just uh, want to give him a big hug and tell him that people out in the world love him so much. I know. Um, Jonathan Groff, come on our show. Talk about Mary Song and all the other things. Also talk about how you've basically asked Leah Michelle to look at her body to know about female anatomy. So we'll talk about that. Um, <laughs> we did talk about that on that episode. We, we opened the... The gates on that but yes uh jonathan graf so much to discuss such a great career we're excited i mean he's only 38 too so like so many more years so much yeah yeah Yeah. the fact that he hasn't won a tony is kind of wild honestly we need to change that this needs to be what changes that Sure. Do you think it will? Do you think Merrily We Roll Along will be what changes that? Well, I thought you were going to say this this episode, and I think it will be yeah. this episode. This episode will change him getting a Tony. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> and yes, Merrily We Roll Along. could ch- It could. I think it will depend, like, how the season shapes up, but it definitely... I think what was interesting about this year's... This past year's Tony winners of performances, they were all new 
shows. None of no yeah. performance won for a revival. That's crazy. Um, so maybe it'll be different this year. I don't know. Merrily We Roll Along also really isn't considered one of Sondheim's best. Like it's like it's highly it's like controversial, but I think this this production is amazing. So um we will see. It's the first Broadway revival of the show since its original um production in nineteen eighty one. So we will see. Yeah. And of course also they're making Ben Platt and Beanie Feldstein and Paul Meskel are making the movie that will come out in twenty years. So that's fun. Years from now. Yeah, for sure. I wonder okay. what because like I wonder I feel like his career's so unpredictable, like we can't really predict what he's gonna do next. So he's gonna be in the Neil Patrick Harris's tick tick boom. The tick boom. That would be good. Yeah. But he is be. doing Frozen Three, so there's that. But um, didn't they already do all of that? Didn't they already oh, yeah, record it all? Oh no, they probably haven't even written it yet. Incredible. So that can happen after the Kennedy Center. And then it says here on Wikipedia he's pre-production in a movie called Molly in the Moon and post-production in a movie called A Nice Indian Boy. So literally, why is he everywhere? He's amazing. Yeah. And of course that Doctor Who. So. Oh yeah, of course. Well, Aww, Rachel, thank you for talking sauce. about Graf, Graf Sauce. I love him Incredible. so much. I know he's Aww, so. Thank you, Taylor. All right, Rachel, let's talk about our character of the week. Let's do it. Let's I feel like a cheerleader. <laughs> like a cheerleader? Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh man. I think that I found my similar cheerleader. And that's all I can sing without getting copyright. <laughs> yes. Um, thank you. So this is the segment where Taylor and I think about what we have been up to, what our vibes have been, what our thoughts and feelings have been, and then we scour the theater universe for a character who has similar thoughts, feelings, vibes, and or situations. Mm, that's right. We would also love to hear your thoughts on the casting of Constance Wu and Corbin Blue. Mm, that rhyming. And, of course, your thoughts on Jonathan Groff and his deep dive and his, his career, his trajectory. What's your favorite thing he's done? Wait. Jonathan Groff as Kronk in live action. <laughs> Not even a live good. action, just yeah. a remake. And then Josh Gad is Poncho? I don't know. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, we would also love to hear your characters this week. So comment on our social media pages. Tell us who you are this week, and you may get a shout-out on a future episode. Rachel, are you ready to know my character this week? Tell me, tell it. Tell, what? Hello? Tell me, oh. tell me, Taylor. Tell me, tell me, tell us. Tell, tell us, tell me. Um, well, this week, listen, I've been making... There, well, I've been making a lot of adult decisions, but there have been a lot of de- adult decisions been thrown, adult things thrown my way in the universe. Rachel yeah. specifically knows what I'm talking about. More to come on this podcast, you guys will find out. But because of these adult, very, very, I feel more like an adult now than I ever have is really what I'm trying to say, even though I've been yeah. an adult for like 12 years, yeah. Um, is that... 
Um, math is not right, but yes. Yeah, you know what I mean. No, I was an adult at 15. What are you talking about? Um, <sighs> JK. For like 10 years. Um, but all of that to say is that this character, for me, um, does feel like the most adult figure in the show because he's in this show because he's just like, oh, I'm going to do this, blah, 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 and he's, like, very serious. So, th- anyway, and also, you know, it has a little bit to do with my situation right now. Anyway, and I'm talking about, that's right, I'm the man, the bald man, the myth, the legend, and that's right, I'm Daddy Warbox from Annie. No, that's so funny. Maybe, I did um, not know where you were going until you said bald person. Now? Maybe like 10 years from now, Jonathan Groff as Daddy Warbucks. Wow. Honestly, honest, what? Honestly, Jonathan um, Groff as Grace. Well, I was thinking Jonathan Groff as Daddy Warbucks, Liam Michelle as Grace. This is what I'm saying. Uh, we I get think a reunion. Jonathan would be a better Grace than Liam. Or Jonathan, <laughs> may, scratch it all. Jonathan Groff as Annie. That's all I'm saying. Jonathan Groff as Rooster. Yes. Leah yeah. Michelle as Miss Hannigan? I can see it. What's the other girl's name? Lily? Yeah, but she wouldn't go for that. That's no. too below her. Anyway. Leah Michelle is the star to beat. <laughs> and Annie. Now we're just talking about Annie. Okay, yes. That is my character. Daddy Warbucks. I love it. Oliver Warbucks. Yeah. I love it. Rachel, who is yeah. your character this week? This week, um, recording this, um, you know, it's back to school time and nothing like back to school time screams back to school time like anything but Darren Chris singing, gotta get back to Hogwarts, gotta get back to school. Oh, I love this. Which is September 1st, which is a few days after or before this podcast came out, but it's a few days before we're recording. And so in that mindset of gotta get back to Hogwarts, I am, yeah, which link in the show notes because Darren Chris singing that song is too, it's too much One of the best. My little soul. Um, I am Jenny Weasley from Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. Whoa. I know. I thought you were going to say Harry, Darren Chris is Harry Potter. (laughs) I mean, I should have, but I thought. I think because I'm not going back to school, you know, like I'm an adult. Jenny True. is watching her kids. I, not yeah. that I have kids go back to school, but so or it like cats. means something yeah. to her. My cats are going back to school. You know, it means yeah. something to her in a different way. And I just, yeah, I just am thinking about her, thinking about little Jenny. Mm-hmm. Like, so sweet. I love Jenny. Yeah, me too. I love Aww. that. Yeah. Yay. If you guys would like to join in on our discussion this week, check us out at theaternerdpod.com, or you can also find us on Instagram and threads at theaternerdpod, and on Facebook at theaternerdpodcast. Thank you all for joining us, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>